0: Coming up.
1: What was really important to investigators was the audio. So it sounded like they were arguing and arguing and cursing and yelling. And then all of a sudden, it was a gunshot. And then it was silent.
0: For Vault Studios, I'm Reid Redmond. You're listening to The Daily Crime. August of 2013, Pennsylvania State Police troopers responded to a shooting in Lackawanna County.
2: State police say a husband and wife, Bruno and Melissa Rokuba, were both shot last night along Jefferson Street in Simpson. Bruno shot himself in the hand. His wife, Melissa, was hit in the head by that same bullet. Troopers were back at the home early this afternoon trying to put together the pieces and figure out just how it all happened.
0: Police said the husband, Bruno Rokuba, was handling his gun when it went off. But what they needed to figure out was how the gun went off. —
1: At this point in time, it's too early in the investigation for us to determine that. Um, They are still working now, collecting evidence, conducting interviews. —
0: This case would remain open for nearly a decade until earlier this month, when police made an arrest. Not at one point at all do we just lay back and let it go. Any open case that's in our true bar jurisdiction with the Criminal uh, Investigative Assessment Unit, they go, they look at that, and they try to turn up new leads and get new evidence. Courtney Harrison is joining us from WNEP in Northeast Pennsylvania. Courtney, thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Can I have you start by giving us a little background in this case? Tell us about Melissa and Bruno Rokuba and and what happened back in August of 2013.
1: Melissa and Bruno Rukuba, uh lived in a little community, small community, about 25 minutes north of Scranton. Now, um, back in August of 2013 is when Melissa was shot in the head. Now, the night of the uh, the night of the incident. I guess there was some arguing happening. They were arguing back and forth. And then, you know, supposedly she was shot in the head accidentally. Now, Bruno was the one that called 911 when it happened. And as he was telling dispatchers what was going on, his story changed several times in that call. And then again, several times when police were investigating. But he was claiming it was an accident that they were messing with the gun. He was moving the gun. He was unloading the gun and it went off. And he actually was also taken to the hospital and treated because he had a a gunshot wound to the hand. So he was saying that it went through his hand and into her head.
2: At last check, Bruno Rokuba was treated and released from the hospital. His wife, Melissa, was transported to Community Medical Center in Scranton from Geisker, Wyoming Valley earlier today. There is no information available on her condition at this time.
0: Melissa would die as a result of her injuries. But from the start then, Bruno has admitted that he was holding the gun when it went off? Yes. And then the question at the center of this investigation that comes next is was this intentional or was this an accident? How did investigators go about trying to answer that question back in 2013 and where did they end up?
1: Well, it sounds like they did their due diligence. They interviewed him. They interviewed um, family members and people that were around that night. And as far as we know, the investigation stalled there. There, When I went back and looked at our archives for this um, case... We didn't do very many things. It looks like it stalled and investigators didn't make any moves until recently. When you look at the criminal complaint, nothing is updated past 2013 until 2019 when a friend or a prior friend of Bruno and Melissa came forward saying that his wife at the time was acting a little strange around Bruno, and then when, Mel- when Melissa died, he found out that they were having an affair, and that he came forward in 2019. So according to the criminal complaint, there is a whole six-year gap without any, any movement in the case.
0: You mentioned in your reporting that Melissa's killing shook this community of Simpson, Pennsylvania. Talk about that a little bit. What have you heard from folks in the area and, and those who knew Melissa?
1: Simpson's a really small, tight-knit community. It, it, it's made up of a lot of families who have been there for generations and generations. So when this happened, people were
2: shocked. Neighbors along Jefferson Street who know the Racuba's say they're still shocked over the shooting that happened inside this home and are keeping the family in their thoughts and prayers.
0: Yeah, good people. Never no trouble. They helped me out a few times. They're, they're good people. They're, they're married a while. They have two children. They have two grandchildren. They always get along.
1: And there are still people to this day that believe it was an accident, despite what police and investigators are saying. So when Bruno was arrested last week, it was a big surprise, and people were more surprised that it took nine years than uh, than the fact of him being arrested for murdering his wife.
0: You mentioned this case ended up back on investigators' radar in 2019 after this friend came forward with some new information what happened from there as investigators took another look at the case?
1: They went back and re-interviewed family members, and Melissa's sister actually had mentioned that their mother had won a $1.15 million jackpot at a casino, and when their mother had passed, it was split up, the annuity was split up between Melissa and her sister. So when Melissa passed, that money that she was supposed to get was supposed to be divided between his and her, their children, so Bruno and Melissa's daughters. And that didn't happen. And their, one of their daughters came forward and said, hey, we haven't been getting this money. So that was one of the, the things that just came up new this year that really started investigators to go back and look at the interviews and look at the, the questioning and, and how many times the story changed. And it sounds like that's what added up and give, gave them enough to file charges and arrest him.
0: This case wasn't officially reclassified as a homicide until this year actually. And it sounds like what it was that led to that was those family members coming forward to tell investigators about the jackpot winnings. Can you run through that timeline for us?
1: So in March of this year, Melissa's daughters said they hadn't received the money from the jackpot. And so investigators had a forensic pathologist to look over the case once again. And just last month in May, they classified her death as a homicide. So I guess that's what investigators were able to check the box and be able to officially charge him with homicide.
0: You also reported that some of the new evidence they were able to uncover in this case included surveillance footage. What does that footage reveal?
1: So in that sur- surveillance video, you can't see anything. It just supposedly shows the exterior of like the driveway. So the video, in the video it says they came home and you saw their car and you saw them getting out of the car and walking in, but what was really important to investigators was the audio. So it sounded like they were arguing and arguing and cursing and yelling and then all of a sudden it was a gunshot and then it was silent. So to investigators that kind of gave them more of an idea of what happened leading up to it it wasn't that they were talking and and you know emptying a gun it was they were they were arguing and it was very very audible to hear
0: do we know where exactly this footage came from or why it wasn't discovered back in 2013?
1: No, you know what? This whole case is very interesting to me. I'm not really sure why none of this stuff was brought up in the first place. There's a lot of little extra things that have really just come out in the last couple months. You know, hearing the 911 call, the daughter coming forward and saying, hey, we haven't been getting our money, and then the surveillance video. So I don't know if maybe it wasn't available to them then or it was collected and it was never looked at i'm not really sure it doesn't really say in the criminal complaint but it made hearing what's in this paperwork very complicated and you know it's at least investigators have gone through and put all the pieces together to finally give melissa's family some closure as to what happened that night Cuba was led out of state police headquarters in Dunmore, accused of murdering his wife Melissa in their home back in August of 2013. State police say the case remained open for this long because there wasn't enough solid evidence to charge Rakuba for the murder until recently.
0: So when did you get news that there had finally been an arrest in this case? And, and what did you learn at that point?
1: We had received word from state police um, that morning that he was arrested about two hours prior. They didn't put it out there because Bruno had made remarks that if if he knew that he was going to be arrested, he would try and and take his own life. And investigators didn't want that. So we found out first thing that morning when they arrested him and then took him to his arraignment before he went on to prison. So it, it happened very, very quickly. As we said, there was so no movement in this case for so long, and all of a sudden it was so quick and, and happened very quickly. So it was a, a big surprise to people, especially in the neighborhood there.
0: There's bad people everywhere. So, uh, yeah, small towns like this is no exception, you know. But that, that's just, yeah, hard, like, hard to hear, really. It's just I feel bad for the, the kids.
1: I'm shocked. I didn't, you know, I worked with the guy up at SCI Waymore, and he said it was an accident. I never thought of anything
0: else. What all has Bruno Rukuba been charged with?
1: Bruno is actually facing criminal homicide and as well as felony theft. Now, the felony theft is for taking the money that was supposed to be the girls from the winnings from the jackpot that their grandmother had had. So it totaled just over $50,000 that he had taken from, from their inheritance. So that's what the felony theft charge comes in.
0: You mentioned this detail, and it caught my eye as I was going back through WNEP's coverage of this case from 2013, that. State police said the bullet that killed Melissa went through Bruno's hand before it hit her. I imagine that if this goes to trial, that detail could potentially be central to Rokuba's defense as evidence that this could have been an accident. Since the arrest, have police explained what they think happened there? Have they offered an explanation for how they think Bruno Rokuba sustained that injury?
1: We're still waiting to learn more about that. They didn't really mention that when they spoke to us um, after the arrest. But I did find it interesting because he did go to the hospital and receive treatment. So I guess in his defense's case, they could present that that it was an accident. But I think what police and investigators are basing it off of that he changed his story multiple times. The surveillance video audio kind of plays out the story a little bit differently than he says it happened.
0: What is next in this case as we look ahead?
1: I guess what's next is we wait until this case goes to court and we hear what both sides have to say and to know really what had happened that night to get his side of the story officially.
0: Courtney Harrison with WNAP. Thanks for sharing the story. Thank you. And thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Crime. We're here with a new one every day of the week, Monday through Friday. So make sure you subscribe to or follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever else you might be listening right now. If you're looking for something else to listen to, you can head over to vaultstudios.com for a full list of our shows. That'll do it for this one. Until next time, for Vault Studios, I'm Reid Redmond.